I'll try to play with it. Sorry. Mark that. (laughs) Welcome, everyone, to the Gravity Beard Podcast. We're recording today in Studio A. Thank you, as always, to our listeners. We appreciate your continued support. Okay, let's begin. We are on location again today. More on that in just a moment. First, I'd like to introduce our very special guest. He is the co-host of the Dunham and Miller Morning Show on Sports Radio 1310 The Ticket, alongside longtime friends George Dunham and Gordon Keith. This year, The Ticket is celebrating 25 years on the air. He has been there since the very beginning. Please join me in welcoming my all-time favorite radio personality, Craig Jr. Miller. Thank you for having me. This is going to be fun. Very special guest. I don't know about that. Maybe very, very special guest would be better, but... I was going to say three or four varies, yeah. but then I thought that was a little over the top. No, three or four, that's good. Well, we'll, we'll get to that in just a moment, actually. <laughs> I contacted you said, hey, when do you want to get together and where? You suggested meet at the radio station. So yep. that's where we are today. We're recording at uh, the Ticket Studios. You just finished your show this morning, which runs from 5.30 a.m. to 10 o'clock a.m. Mm-hmm. That's every weekday. That's four and a half hours on the air. And then you were nice enough to give me additional time after you've just gotten done talking for that long. Correct. Happy to do it, though. Well, you and I don't know each other. We don't have a history. You were at Star Power, which you've been many times before. Right. And I waited for a commercial break because I'm a savvy listener. (laughs) So I approached you. I think you were looking at washer and dryers. That's right. And I kind of hit you cold and said, hey, I've got a podcast. Would you come on my show? You were very gracious and didn't even seem to hesitate. You said, sure. You might have asked me, what are we going to talk about? Mm -hmm. That's a fair question. And then I told you, you said, sure, that sounds great. Uh, It took us a couple of months to coordinate schedules, but kind of out of nowhere, you agreed agreed to come on the show. Yeah. Happy to do it. Yeah. You seemed like a nice, loyal P1. Didn't seem like a serial killer or anything like that. Nope. I haven't done that. I'm not sure what you have in this bag, but I'm assuming (laughs) you don't have any weaponry. No, no. It's all audio equipment. There's, there's, I I guess there's probably something there I could bludgeon a person with, but I have no intention of doing that today. Thank you. On today's show. Thank you. I I do want to point this out. So I was waiting out in the lobby before I came in and I'm bringing this up because this is something that would come up on your show, but I, I got into kind of an awkward or I had an awkward moment that was awkward to me internally. So you've got somebody that I'm assuming works here that's in a wheelchair. Yes. And so he approached the door and for a split second, I had to make the decision. Do I hop up and help him through the door or, and then I had, I had to go through that debate in my head. I elected to stay seated. That's a good one. That's tough. I think staying seated was the right call because I believe you're talking about Hondo okay, who works at our sister station. Got it. Works in production up here too. And I, he likes to do it all himself. Right. Now I don't think he minds it. Like I, if I'm coming in the door and he's coming out, I'll hold it for him. Like you he, would for any other person. Exactly. Right. But I think if you were to have jumped up, it would have implied he can't do it himself or you, you would have, it would have seemed like you thought he couldn't do it himself. Right. Right. And he might have been offended. Well, I only had a couple of, I had, what, 15 seconds to have that debate. Yeah. I landed where you just suggested. So. I think you chose correctly. Okay, good. Because you don't, because <laughs> if I would have done that and that would have been awkward, I'd have been like, I just insulted him. Yes. And his, his ableness. Right. Because he's still very able just because he's, you know, Correct. we're already going too far with this. <laughs> <laughs> also, um, I parked downstairs. I didn't know where to park. The space said 
Carlisle on it. I didn't know what that meant, so I just... You're fine. Yeah, you're fine. You won't be towed. Uh, there's no way that's the Mavericks head coach's spot, so you should be fine. And I can get validated? Yeah, we'll validate you. Okay. The, the, uh, Hondo, the guy in the wheelchair, will validate <laughs> your ticket. Per- well, then, I'm glad, <laughs> then I'm glad I didn't have an awkward interaction with him, because then perhaps he would have denied the validation of my parking, which would have been really terrible. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I mentioned that you are a very special guest, and that's true. I'm just going to share with you a few other people that we've had on the show. We've done a little over 40 interviews on the show since we started, only because I think some of these may be of interest to you. So first, I believe you'll recognize the name George Gamark. Oh, yeah. So I got in touch He's with a North George. Texas grad. That's right. And so we actually went out to George's house. Cool. And he was nice enough to have us out there. He's Maybe one of the one of the foremost archivists of audio, yeah. Maybe in the country, yep. It's amazing what he has. Yes, and now people come to him and say, "Hey, I've got this audio. I don't know what to do with it." Right. He's known as that guy, and then mm-hmm. and then what I think is cool about what he does is he takes it and then he finds the most appropriate place to. He doesn't hold on to it. He might keep a copy, but then he funnels it to where he thinks the best place is. You know, an audio museum or whatever it yeah. is. Late last year in the fall, we had Kinky Friedman. Oh, that's great. <laughs> yeah. That was a wild get. That was a phone interview. I, I offered to drive down to his ranch. Sure. He declined, but we did do a phone interview. And then perhaps the most notable in your sphere is YouTube sensation Lisa Gale Allred. What song did she do? Of the three-second rule. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. We still... Yeah, we, we've probably played that song about 3,000 times mm-hmm. on our show. Yeah. Well, she... We had her... In studio, and uh-huh. I'm, using, I'm using air quotes. My friend Tyler reached out to her, and I don't know exactly what he said because I wasn't involved in the interaction. But I think he gave the impression that she was invited down to a radio station to be right. on a radio show, and so she drove to her office in Dallas from Keller or wherever she's from. Mm-hmm. And we walk in, and I usher her into a, a small corner conference right. room with a single mic. Right. We were using a single mic back then, and I, I could tell. She, 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 she was kinda, let down. She kind of reacted as if that's not what she expected, but she rolled with it. She was great. Good. And then that led into, we ended up interviewing a band. Yeah, you just recently played a cover, one co- one cover of her song, very briefly on the show, a couple of, a few days yes. ago. And there was actually three or four covers of that song. And we interviewed a band in, in Swansea, South Wales that did one of the covers. While she was on, not while she was oh, on. Okay, I did the. Re- looked, I reached out to them. It took a little while to connect. Yeah, and um, but I had I had them on the show. Their whole band. Oh, that's great. That yeah, was really fun. The other irony of me being here today, and actually at this time, is you guys just did a segment on the show where you invited listeners to come up and co-host a segment. Yes, it was a rough ride. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't think I could have done any better. They didn't do bad. No, they actually had some funny lines. Mm-hmm. Awkward chemistry, but yeah, they were fine. Yeah, I'm not sure if you could just pluck two listeners out of you know your audience that have never met before, give them five minutes to prepare, and have them do a decent segment. Right. But Don's very funny. Yeah, he was. He had some good lines. Yeah, I, I thought the other guy had Craig, some stuff too. I just yeah. the, just the mix wasn't necessarily ideal. Yeah, I've got no criticism for them. I don't think I could have done any better. Yeah, they had a good time. Yeah, so I, w- I was going to make a joke about thank you for choosing me as the, the listener <laughs> to do the pop up segment. <laughs> sure. <laughs> But that's kind of what this is. Actually, the other thing is, is one of the guest candidates to come on suggested talking on this subject. Either you or Gordon reacted pretty strongly to that. Oh, yes, that's right. Yeah, that's correct. I woke up in a bit of a fog because I stayed up later than I intended to. And I I was almost dreamlike Mm -hmm. how the guest listeners and then bring up that specific topic. Yeah. I was like, this this doesn't feel like it's real. 
today we're going to talk about how to fix college football. Okay. And where I want to start with that is, just so we kind of establish a baseline, is what do you recognize as the primary issues with the sport? So do you want to go down to the bottom layers or do you want to focus more on, say, the college football playoff at the very top? or everything in between? Well, I know we only have a limited amount of time, but I kind of want to cover this spectrum at least a little bit. Okay. So initially, I just want to hear what you, th- in your mind, because we all agree that there's issues with it. Yeah. What are those issues? So at the more fundamental level, I think my biggest problems are the length of the games. I don't like four and a half hour games, right. even if they're wildly entertaining, mm-hmm. 65, 62 games. I don't like four and a half hour games. I don't like all the downtime, all the timeouts, how long replay takes. It's just too long for me. Most most of the popular sports are somewhere between two and a half and three hours. Right. And for me, as much as I love college football, and it's one of my absolute favorites, probably top two for me. I love the NBA and I love college football. If I had to sit down and watch a four and a half hour NBA game, I'm out. Right. So four and a half hour college football is, I think that's a big problem. Even if you love the sport, you don't really want to watch a single event that's that long. Yeah, it's right. just too long. And four and a half is on the extreme end, but you do have a lot of 345, four hour games, especially in the Big 12. Uh, I think another problem that they're really, I think it's starting to come to a head. They're going to have to address paying players, uh, letting players profit from their likeness, things like that. Right. And I think that's a really dicey issue to get into because I, I really can see both sides. I do ultimately side with the athletes. I think they should get paid. Right. Uh, but those are two fundamental issues. And then when you get to the very top, forever in my life, and I remember reading an article Norm did, Norm Hitzkes did for Inside Sports Magazine, and this is in the early 80s, and he laid out why we should have a college football playoff. And he had, I believe it was a 16-team playoff. And he did the whole bracket all the way through, and he played it all the way through. And I remember because he had Oklahoma winning the championship, and I was an Oklahoma fan, so it resonated with me. Uh, We now have a playoff. It's four teams. So all my life, I thought, no way would I be okay with a four-team playoff. But now that we have a four-team playoff, I really like it, and I want it to stay at four. But I know a lot of people want it to go to eight. You want it to stay at four. I want it to stay at four. Interesting. And I know a lot of people would rather have it go to eight or 12 or 16. Right. Controversially, now, I like four. What else? Is there anything else that you would outline is is kind of, you touched on likenesses. Uniforms. Uniforms. The Oregon influence. I, I, I like the fact that Alabama and Texas Classics. and Oklahoma, for the most part, Ohio State, Michigan, for the most part, those teams stay classic. I don't like the new uniforms, but I also realize I'm losing that battle. <laughs> well, I, I share that sensitivity. I'm not your age, but I'm not that far behind. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's just because of our age? I don't think so. I, I think that's part of it, but I think part of it is just there is something about college football is it's so tradition based. The legend of the Heisman Trophy, the legendary games, the I, I just think it's so tradition based that and and I also understand even the traditional uniforms have changed over the years. Texas doesn't look, you know, now like it looked in the 90s or in the 60s or in the 40s or in the 20s. I know it's changed, but I think there's just something because it is so tradition-based and football is such a, 
it's such a workman sport, you know. Mm-hmm. It's right. becoming more of a glamour sport, but it's traditionally been a workman sport and a physical sport that I think I, there's a tendency to love the Alabama, Penn State, Notre Dame basic uniform because it makes you look like you're there to work and you don't really care about the glitz and the glamour. You're there to work and and the tradition, it, it's seeing a traditional uniform like Alabama, it stands for something. But when a team throws out this non-traditional look, well, then suddenly you have a hard time linking it to their great past. Some teams like Oregon don't have a great past, right. so it doesn't matter. Uh, but, you know, if, if Alabama and Penn State and Notre Dame and Oklahoma and Texas went full-blown Oregon, that would rock my world to the point where I'd have a hard time watching. You'd have a hard time watching? Yes. Yeah. I would have a hard time watching. I could see that. I would watch, but it would not be as much fun. <laughs> It'd be a visual assault. Yes. Yeah, that's the best way I can describe it. Okay, well, all that makes sense. I don't disagree with any of that. Okay, so now I'm gonna, this is the whole reason why I wanted to have you specifically on the show is to present this idea that actually I talked about on my show back in episode 13, very beginning of the podcast. It was one of the topics that we wanted to do uh, early on. And I always thought, well, it's fun to talk with my friends about it, but I'd rather have an expert, you know, someone mm-hmm. that has credibility in the business. And so that's the reason I wanted to have you on is to present my idea after kind of getting an idea where you stand on the issue or potential issues. But in discussing my idea, I want to do it kind of in a vacuum. In other words, if someone said you can completely start over, start from scratch and build it from square one, what would you do with college football so as to not have the issues? Because I agree that whether the players need to be paid or you know, the, or maybe the structure of the league or whatever are some of the primary issues. I forgot one big one. Yeah. I hate the bowls. I hate what the bowls have become. Okay. okay. So I'm not opposed to, in some way, making the playoff system a little larger to incorporate some of the traditional bowls. But I think that general idea is what gets people into trouble trying to please both sides. Well, we're going to keep this bowl, right. but we're going to make it a part of this playoff, and I think that's a mess. Well, the bowls have a long, long heritage, obviously. Right. That, that's what it's, People are very nostalgic around that. But it's really about... I mean, you could still call the game whatever you want, and you could still have it sponsored by whoever you want. So you can, I guess, maintain that somehow and, and still, have a, still go about it a different way. Okay, so here's my idea. Again, we're, we're operating in a vacuum... I certainly understand, you know, in the current system why this idea won't work, but here it is. Basically, the idea is to replace the NCAA with a minor pro league. That's the general concept. Okay. I don't know what to call it. Maybe you keep it simple. I think three initials that end in league is good. So maybe we just call it the College Football League. Mm -hmm. We could workshop that. I'm going to start with how, how the team works. So teams maintain their affiliation with the schools. And they play at the same stadiums, same school facilities. All that stays intact. Their athletes, you know, are around the school. You still have the same team names, and the you know, you've got the Longhorns and the Mustangs and all of that. Mm-hmm. Each team has an owner or an ownership group. Maybe that's boosters. Maybe it's some other rich guy that comes in. There's a salary cap and a salary floor. And it's it's not like traditional minor leagues where the team is aff- affiliated with a pro team above it necessarily. So it's it's not like the Longhorns would be affiliated with the Cowboys. Right. And then there's some sort of profit sharing, obviously, between ownership of the team and the schools. Now, here's where um, this is regarding the players. You can have an agent as soon as you want. 
I suppose maybe when you turn 18 or whenever mm-hmm. you're legally an adult. Players are still recruited. You have to be at least a high school graduate or 17 years old with a GED to be eligible to go into the league. You have unlimited eligibility, so you can play for one year in this league or you can play until you're 45. <laughs> okay. Whatever. They can declare for the NFL draft after one year. Partial and full scholarships are part of contract negotiations, so you can you can negotiate for a year of, of college or four years of college, so that's still on the table. Scholarships are good for life, so you don't have to use them while you're playing. You can good. use them when you're 65 if you want. Whatever mm-hmm. you negotiated, that never expires. I like it. They don't have to go to school at all while they're an athlete if they don't want to. They could just right. concentrate on football. They get paid for autographs, the use of their likeness, and a percentage of jersey sales or anything else with their name or number. They can have as many endorsement deals as they can go out and get. And there's a players' union. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the league structure that I'm proposing, and this is probably the, this is the part that I I gave the least amount of thought to. I think this is this can come later. And this touches a little bit about what you said and what Norm's suggestion was. The initial thing that I came up with was, and I think this is the hardest thing to figure out because there's so many teams. Are there 128? Yep. Okay. So I got to that number. I just don't know if I like the structure. There's four tiers of 32 teams each. So there's CFL 1, 2, 3, and 4. And each tier has its own postseason tournament of eight teams. There's four rounds and a college Super Bowl, uh, just like in the NFL, for just for tier one. And then other tournaments, kind of like the what's the what's the uh, the secondary? I guess it's in basketball, it's not in football. The secondary like tournament, the NIT, or yeah, the, yeah. You know, the other the other tiers may have something like that. It's yeah. just not considered the college Super Bowl. And then I think it'd be really interesting to uh, to have the concept of relegation between the tiers, right? And so that's basically the idea. The thirty-two in tier one. Mm-hmm. Is that all the blue bloods pretty much? Like, how do you separate? How do you pick 32? That's the part of my idea that I've given the least amount of thought to. So I'm open to suggestions as to how that would function the best. Let me first say, I think it's a great idea. Okay. Because I've never heard this idea of basically making it a pro league, but you're keeping the college affiliations. I love the idea. Okay. I think it's great. Great. Okay. How you pick the 32, though, I think it's going to be difficult unless you have, unless the CFL, the College Football League, we might need a different name. There's no question. So it doesn't confuse with the CFL. Right. Unless they say it's a bidding process. But then you could have, I don't know that that would work because then you might have schools up there that you don't want in the top 32. Or do you just take the... Well, you, you have a top 25 already. Right. And I think you've, I've even heard you guys talk about this, the history of where teams have ranked over time. So maybe you take their history mm-hmm. over the last 50 years right. or whatever time period and whoever averages in the top 25. You take the teams that have averaged a position in the top 25 over some period of time. You're going to have a lot of pissed off fans if their teams are in tier two, tier three, tier four. There's no question. Now, some in tier four will expect it. Right, lower rung schools sure. who are just new, they'll be fine with it. But yeah, tier two, tier three are going to say because you could put some pretty good schools. You might put Iowa or right. Oklahoma State or somebody like that's a pretty good school in tier two or tier three, and they're going to be really pissed. So those fans may not like it. Well, I think tier two might be okay. I think you have a problem when you put someone in three or four mm-hmm. because two, you know, they're going to know that they're not as good as Alabama. 
right. or, or whatever. Maybe that helps a little bit with that. Although you're talking about college football fans who are the craziest. <laughs> That's right. So there will be some Iowa fans or Oklahoma State fans That's who think true. they're as good as Alabama. But how often does somebody, at least at the beginning of a single season, go from, say, 40 or 50 on the list and end up somewhere in the top 10 or 12? Yeah, pretty rare. I almost think that this is better and they might like this better because if they're in a class with schools that are more similar rather than having to compete with those top tier teams. That's why I think relegation is an important concept here because they can win that tier and then you're in. Yeah. So would it be like the EPL where it's the bottom three or four in tier one will be relegated and the top three or four come up? I always thought it was one team, but if it's three or four, that's fine. In EPL, it's three. Okay, great. I think that's fine. That would make for some really interesting late season games. Right. Well, and that's the other thing we complain about most of the major sports, how a lot of the games aren't relevant. Right. And so I think anything you can institute that gives more relevancy to the games that are played during the season, I think is is at least a, a decent idea. All right. You said they could play in this league for this school for as long as they want, even right. if they're 40. Right. Do you have some kind of pay structure in mind? Because I wonder if you would eventually hurt the NFL. You had a great, say, Kyler Murray, and the Oklahoma team wanted to pay him a ton of money to keep playing for Oklahoma. Right. But the pros want to draft him. Right. So he could play 10 years at Oklahoma and then become draft eligible, or are you automatically draft eligible well, after year there, one? There's only one draft. You get drafted into this minor league. And then, and then after that, you can, if you want to leave... Oh, you're a free agent. I guess you could do a draft into the NFL, or you could just be a free agent. The the point is that you can float back and forth from the NFL. The other thing I didn't talk about is you can get traded just like a league. You can, Mm -hmm. you can, if you're if you're now free agent, you can just go to another school. There's no, you don't lose a year. You don't. You just go. I like that. It's exactly like a pro league. Wow, it's really interesting. There are going to be a lot of problems, and I think most of them are going to come from the fan base. It's really rocking their world, right? The, the other thing about the, the money, you asked about the money, I think the, the revenue from the league is going to dictate what you can pay the players. So there's right. going to be a salary cap. And so they're not really going to, more than likely, they're not going to be able to compete with NFL salaries. Yeah. There, there'll be a bit of an overlap, but not a complete overlap. They'll have a big TV contract, though. Yep. And they make a lot of money on game day. So there will be a lot of money to be thrown around. But what's the NFL cap right now? 120 or 130? I think it's 180, 190. Oh, wow. It's much yeah. bigger than I remember. Yeah. Okay. I just don't think that it's possible, but it's not going to get to that number, I don't think. Probably not. Yeah. It'll, the, it'll be a big NFL, number. It'll be over 100 million probably. Yeah. I mean, so you'll be able to field decent talent, but I don't think you're necessarily going to be able to compete with salaries in the NFL. And you still want the, the Texas team, for example, to be affiliated with or represent the school or do you want to divorce the two what say that again like Explain. the texas longhorns mm-hmm. will be a team yeah that that but they're not the college team but they play in austin well i'm suggesting there's not a college team anymore right there, there's no more college football this replaces college football and so this but there's is, still the texas longhorns yeah, with the same uniforms they, same stadium exactly the same so from that perspective, from the outsider's view, that doesn't change. It's still, if you're not aware of how the league is structured, see me, and, and it's weird because now you've got maybe a 38-year-old mm-hmm. you know, playing on your team. Right. Other than that, there's no difference from what it was before. So how do you get the college to go along with it? I know you say, we'll give them a cut of this and this and this, right. but they're going to say, 
a cut before we were getting 100% right. of everything. Right. So right. I don't know how you get them to go along with this. I think that's the biggest fly in the ointment. But I think, so I, I don't know. That's what I can't answer to. But I think if the, if the money was big enough. It has to be bigger than what they're getting now. For sure. And we've got teams that they're, is not their profit, but their revenue is a hundred million dollars. Yeah, yeah. So I get it. And that's why you kind of have to have this conversation in a vacuum. I don't have an answer for everything. I think it's really interesting, but I think you would have to tone it down a bit. I think, I think you'd have to bring it back to, it can't be as radical as you can trade players. And you can, I think, I think you make it a pro league without making it a pro league. What, what do you mean by that? What does that look like? In, in some way, you still have to have the colleges in charge of it. But they, what they are doing is agreeing to make their team a pro team, agreeing to put their team into this new league. Somehow you got to get the NCAA out of the way. Right. Again, we're at a vacuum which, here. Which we, that may just hit men. I don't know what that would take, but the mafia, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, it, but, th- but if the, if the schools feel like they've they're losing control of their program, which on most campuses is the number one money maker, they're not going to give up that program. Well, like most things in sports, it basically boils down to the money. Mm-hmm. So I think if if the do- let's just pretend that the dollars were substantial enough, I think that probably takes care of that issue or concern or obstacle. Yeah, if you went to Texas and said, "I know you're making a hundred million on this program every year." We're offering you two hundred million. Yeah, or maybe the teams that have never gotten anywhere close to a hundred, maybe they're making thirty million off. Yeah, Cer- certainly the teams at the, at the higher end are a little tougher sell. But yeah. there's a there's a big percentage of the other schools that would love it. Yeah, that would raise the revenue significantly. Boy, I'm going to workshop this because I think you really are onto something. I just I think we need to workshop it. I don't want to say within the NCAA guidelines because the NCAA is part of the problem. Yeah, I think it might be at the core of the problem. It, it, yeah, I agree. So, so yeah, in my scenario, we're, we're pretending that the NCAA, you just say, see you later, NCAA, yeah. and that, that doesn't exist anymore. All You're the just, schools leave the NCAA. 100%. <laughs> yeah. Like we, we've, you know, you guys have talked, hey, it would be interesting if the Power Fives left the NCAA and yeah. formed their own, a new, better functioning league. Yes. I'm saying yes, but the, the whole thing, wipe it out. Yes, I like the idea. Everybody leaves the NCAA, form a new league. There's a real fine line, though, that you have to toe to where if it just becomes a pure pro league and the colleges don't feel like they have any ownership, I don't know that that's going to work because I think that could disenfranchise a lot of the fan base. I think they, because a lot of, the fan base are, for example, people who went to school there. They feel very invested in right. this and that, the campus, the academic product, whatever it happens to be. And if they feel like it's now a pro team, that's why I said it can't be that in-your-face pro. Right. you got to still make everybody think it's a college thing. Well, that's why I think it's important that you're still using their stadium and their training facilities. And yeah. it's from an outsider's perspective, you don't know the difference. Yeah. Same uniforms, same whatever. It, you know, we, we don't necessarily require that of our pro teams. So, you know, fa- say you institute this idea and then you fast forward a decade or two decades and people have kind of acclimated to that. Right. I think that may dissipate over that time. Yeah. Because, they, again, it's it's still 
on appearances, it's still their team. It's still the Texas Longhorns. They're still, you guys have said before, they're rooting for their laundry, right? which, which is something I've gotten used to kind of doing is because players come and go these days. Yep. So it's still their laundry. They still own the laundry. Do you think that doing away with conferences would hurt? Because I know conferences have struggled, especially the Big 12. It's right. almost gone belly up a couple times here recently. But do you think that people still like the conference rivalries? Will the SEC fans say, wait a minute, we don't want to go to Tier 1, Tier 2, Tier 3 format. We love the SEC. We love being the best conference. We don't want to break that up. Well, I, I think, again, some time will pass. You still do a divisional structure. It's not just 32 teams all lumped together in that tier. Oh, you, okay. You still divide it. You know, that's four, four. So you could do four divisions or. So I think you could still maintain a lot of those rivalries. Okay. And again, over time, you maybe you, you, know, you lose uh, A&M in Texas, but you pick up other rivalries and then enough time passes and you've got this new. Yeah. This new rivalry. It's really interesting. I think the answer is somewhere in the middle there. I think the answer is run it like a pro team. Run your college team, your college scheme. Your Run it like a pro team or a pro league. But you've got to have some way of still placating the mass college football fan who, who wants it to be a college thing and doesn't like pro football and doesn't want to, be, to become pro football. But what if it addressed all the major issues that people complain about? Wouldn't that be a fair trade-off for almost every college fan? Yes. It's hard to say every, but if, but if you address the ones that we complain, we all complain about the most, yeah. then they'd be like, well, it's not quite the same, but it, it erased eight out of the ten major issues of the sport. Yeah. I mean, I, as a fan, how, I would make that trade-off. In your system, how would you do the playoff? I don't know. That's That's the part of it i've given the least amount of thought to it obviously come from tier one right well, well each each tier has has a playoff so okay so they, they at least all four tiers get to experience some sort of postseason it's just that there's more at stake you get to be you get your college super bowl in tier one you're the, the real champ would the, be from tier one that's exactly right. the acknowledged kind of like champ. if you win the nit that's not nothing yeah but it's not the tournament right right yeah so everybody gets their playoff and their their champion and okay. of course the champion and then maybe the runner-up and a couple more teams they get moved up. Yeah. So there's a lot at stake for everybody. Right. Yeah. That's how you could do your, say you could do your, your promotion from the bottom tiers. You could have a little four team playoff or eight team playoff. Right. Relegation would just be whoever, well, you get, you're going to have to have a ranking system. Right. Or you put the bottom four teams into a relegation playoff every year and the loser gets bumped down. Yeah. Two losers. Maybe the two bottom teams and the two top teams from the next lower tier. Maybe they're all involved in a a playoff. Yeah. Yeah. But there's rank. I mean, we rank teams in sports based on records or whatever. And then there's tiebreakers. So it's not, that's the other thing is that it gets rid of the subjectiveness of how we rank teams. Now Mm -hmm. it's just like a pro league. There's rankings. There's, there's records and tiebreakers and, it's it's way more objective. That's a big blow, though. To let's say you just did relegation based on the rankings, and it's a committee, twelve people ranking whatever. Right. Those four teams that get bumped down and lose out on all that tier one money, mm-hmm. they are going to be so pissed that it was twelve people sitting around a table that <laughs> decided their fate. Well, I'm trying to remove all. <laughs> I'm trying to remove a, a panel of people. I, I don't. So, wanna... how would you do the rankings? 
for like your 32 teams in tier one. Oh, I see. To, to, to determine the playoff, to determine who goes down. Well, could you not do it the same way you do a pro league? I mean, you play games during the regular season. Just wins and losses. Yeah, just wins and losses. And tiebreaker would go to points scored or common well, opponents. Sh- sure. Something yeah. logical like that. Sure. You could do that. Yeah. That's how there would be. I, I would try to eliminate okay. every, every subjective I like nature. I like it. Yeah. That, that's good. To me, that's on the short list of things that are a problem with the sport is anything that's subjective about determining ranks or outcomes or anything like that. Now, the problem you'll have with that is if you just go on wins and losses, let's say, let's say the top four teams made the playoff. Number four might be Alabama. or Let's say number four is USC at 12 and 0. And number five is Alabama at 11 and one, but Alabama will say, wait a minute, USC played a terrible schedule. We played a great schedule and we're being penalized for that. If it's all about wins and losses, would every team then load up on patsies? Well, how, how does the NFL resolve that? They make the schedule so that these schools could no longer make their schedule. The, the CFL That's right. would make the schedule for everybody and try to make it a balanced schedule. That's right. Okay. Now, you're still playing in your division, so what, teams in the Southeast are still going to probably be in the same division, or however it breaks down. Yeah. So you'll still have that argument with Southeast teams saying, wait, we play a lot tougher I mean, you, divisional schedule. I, you know as well as anybody, you're not going to be able to answer every argument. Yeah. You're not going to make 100% of people happy. Yeah. You go, for the, you, you go, to make, you go first to fix the, all these issues that we agree are issues, mm-hmm. and then you just try to make as many people happy as you can. The ones that aren't just aren't, because maybe right. they're just people you can't make happy. Yeah. Okay, good. It's a good idea. Great. I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> uh, would you like me to workshop it? Would you like me to go into my sports lab and yes. re- refine it? It's not an accident that I asked <laughs> that I asked to talk to you specifically about this. The only other person that I could think of that I would I want, and I I I kind of threw this out in our very awkward conversation at Star Power, but I said, "Is there anyone else that you want to come in?" And, and I was like, "Because Bob." Sturm also has obviously yeah. a, a sports mind similar to yours. And I'd love to hear him process this yeah. because he would have some excellent feedback and, and that'd be interesting. But yeah, Bob and I more than anybody I know waste way too much time on little mundane minutia filled sports items. But I relate to that. I think that's great. I, I love it. I know. I love spending time on stuff like that. I do as well. So, so I, I, I would love to have had all three of us have talked about it because yeah. I think he would have really interesting feedback. Yeah, that'd be fun. Mm-hmm. But yeah, of course, I would love for you to spend more time thinking about it and see where this could go. I'm a realist. I know that what we're talking about is not possible. This will never happen. Right. It's just if you have this conversation in a vacuum and you could start from scratch, does this address the issues and does this create a better product? Right. I think it does. Yeah, and that is interesting. If you're starting from scratch, then you're eliminating the history, right? Like if you're if you're just saying we're going to introduce this, like there never was an NCAA, there never was like our co- that that's an easier way for college football fans to not be ticked off about this. Oh, you think so? Like if you're starting from scratch and saying, "Hey, guess what? Colleges, you're going to have your own team representing you." Like were you wanting to go that far back to scratch? No, because I still want to want to maintain the heritage. I, okay. I, I think there's an interesting conversation to be had about do you wipe out the stat books and start over the right. statistics? I don't. If you if you don't have to, I don't think you should. Right. I think you know records between the teams that go back since the beginning. I think you maintain those because it's still the same yep. teams. You're not. You're not. Okay. 
obviously the the roster changes, but it mm-hmm. changes anyways. The same teams are playing yeah, who they've okay. always played. I got you. So, so I would preserve as much of the history and heritage and stats and all of that stuff. Yeah. I mean, when rules changes happen in any sport, it alters the stat book. You yeah. know, or if the style of play or the, you know, the rules, you know, how it's officiated, all those things change the stat books over time. Right. I'm a nostalgic person, so I would be in favor of maintaining as much of that history yeah, and stats for sure. as possible. Yeah. I just wanted to clarify when you said start from scratch. You're, you're, you're saying as of today, as we embark on the 2019 season, we get a chance to reset the college football world. In, in terms of structure and playoff and money and all that. I mean, I'm basically saying that. Yeah. In, yeah. That, in that regard, I am saying you start from scratch. Yeah. I don't know how you would, you know, replace what we have with this and not basically have to start over completely. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Good. I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> how long did it take you to come up with that? You know, I mean, I came up with it three or four years ago, so I don't remember the genesis of it. Okay. But it, 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 you probably have this experience, that you, whether it's in the shower or while you're sleeping, you just come up with something and your mind yeah. starts going, then it builds and builds and builds until you've built that out into what you think is kind of a product worth talking about. Right. So it was probably some process like that, but okay. I, I actually don't remember. Yeah. See, college football needs help because we're having a discussion about it. Like n- nobody's yeah. really doing a podcast on how to fix the NFL right. in, in terms of schedule and playoffs and things like well, that. Well, it's, it's niche things. We're not saying let's wipe out the NFL and start over. Yeah, it's you're right. It's no one thinks things. that's necessary. Yeah. We all think Roger Goodell should leave or, yeah. or whatever. But, it's but not. nobody's debating whether NFL players should be paid or not. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> right. Well, and you know, I didn't want to cloud the conversation, but maybe college basketball needs a little, a bit of a retreatment, maybe right. not this dramatic, but perhaps they're, yeah. not, they're not getting paid. You're losing players after one year. Yep. I heard you guys say on the show a couple of weeks ago that, that even the total revenue for college football is down for some schools, even mm-hmm. though the numbers are still big. It's, it's, or uh, it, maybe it was attendance. Revenue, it was, it was attendance. Yeah. Right. So it's not bulletproof. Right. Right. For the most part it is, but not, not entirely. Once we fix football, we'll go to basketball, then we'll go to college baseball, then we'll go to rowing and volleyball mm-hmm. and gymnastics, and we'll fix it all. Women's pickleball was yeah. on my list. Yeah. I'm, I'm workshopping that right now. Speaking of other sports, if you can give me just a few more minutes. Sure. We don't have to dig into it as deeply as we just did on this topic, but I did very recently, about a month ago, come up with an idea of how to increase the interest in Major League Baseball. Okay. Which I th- probably because I heard you guys talk about it or whatever. So real quickly... I don't want to focus so much on shrinking the season, although I'll throw that point out. Mainly just a couple of ideas for... I have one specific idea, and this is to increase interest in Major League Baseball, which we agree the average age of the fan is is getting off the charts. Mm-hmm. In general, interest seems to be in decline. Attendance is down, although not a big number. It's 1.5% or something or half a right. percent. I would get rid of interleague games. I would shorten the season to 66 games. I would do three-game series only versus division and non-division teams. And this is really where my main idea is. I would, and again, I haven't got the right name for it, but I would basically do something called Baseball Night in America. And it would be on Wednesday night. You could do it on Tuesday, but I figured Wednesday was probably the least competitive night for sports. Mm -hmm. You would do a Baseball Night in America type event. And on that night, so first of all, it would be a two-hour program. It would run from 7 to 9 p.m. Central. And on that night, it would be divisional baseball night. If you could, you'd try to match up teams that were competing for the division or at mm-hmm. least competitive in their division, but it's all divisional matchups. So you have a studio show and you either have one host or maybe even a small panel of people if you can get the right personalities. 
and it this was inspired by some uh, one of those uh, crime shows that I think you guys talked about. But you, it's it functions like the Red Zone channel, and you just show for two hours. You play it in slight delay, and you just show the hot the action when something kind of like the red zone yeah. channel when something interesting is happening you go to that game right and you have someone that kind of quarterbacks which game you're going to go to and so you sit so for someone like me that i i can't consume baseball it's just too much of it mm-hmm. i'm going to sit down just on wednesday nights i'm going to see divisional games i'm going to see the the best moments of the night it's yep. two hours i know how much time to invest and and I, I think something like that would potentially increase you would have a baseball event yeah your idea to save baseball is to take as much of baseball out of baseball as possible. <laughs> Boil it down to something watchable. I like it. <laughs> that's, that's not a fair critique. That's not an unfair critique. Maybe that's what I'm getting at. If anything, you're going to keep the normal, the regular baseball fans. Yeah. This is going to add the fans like me that are like, I, where do I even start? I can't watch 162 games. Right. What's, right. what's one way that I can at least consume some baseball in an entertaining way. And I yeah. know how much time you talked about four and a half hour events. How do I know that I, I know how much time I'm going to invest? Yeah. And it's a two hour program every Wednesday. Boy, you want to talk about rocking a fan base. <laughs> right. <laughs> Aren't many baseball fans that'll be okay with that. Younger ones would probably love it. But that's what we need, right? Yes. The millennial yes. generation is the largest generation in human history, yes. even bigger than the baby boomers. They're not watching baseball. Right. They would like this. Exactly. And I'm a baby boomer, and I like this. Okay. Or Gen X. Maybe I'm Gen X, and I like this. So. Well, I think you're just more open-minded in general, so I think that probably has something Maybe. to do with yeah. it. Yeah. I tried to find the right person at Major League Baseball to present this to I found an email and I didn't outline the idea I just said hey I've got an interesting idea and I didn't get any response oh that's too bad I sent it to some someone in the executive office or something but yeah I've got Rob Manfred's email if oh you, you do yeah you probably do do you have Rob <laughs> no I don't oh, okay <laughs> I mean it's not a stretch <laughs> Well, if I could just get Rob Manfred's email or maybe find out where he eats dinner. I'll work on that for I could, you. I could fly up to New York and inter- interrupt his dinner at some fancy restaurant. <laughs> well, that's all I got. Okay, that was fun. Thank you very, very much. Those for, are good for ideas. This. Yeah, I, I like that. I, I mean, the fact that, that you uh, do like the ideas and we're willing to discuss it with me really just means the world. So I really do appreciate it. Hey, it's my pleasure. Now, this is fun. I do want to apologize. I'm not actually the host of my show. I'm the co-host. I tried to get the host, Greg, to show up. Uh-huh. He says he had a conflicting appointment. I contend that he chickened out. Usually when yeah. he comes up with, a, with an excuse, it's it's unprovable. Mm-hmm. He's got that gift. So I, I can't prove that he didn't have a legitimate excuse. <laughs> I'm just suspicious of it. Well, thank you for having the courage to come up here. Well, I mean, th- that's kind of a slogan of your show. That's I right. try to make it a slogan of my own show. It's appreciated. So, yeah, I was incredibly nervous. So I'm, I'm just going <laughs> to You be, did well. That was fun. Thank you. Good. Okay. Let me finish up with some credits, if you don't mind. Mm-hmm. We have a great Facebook group for the show. It's full of all sorts of absurdity. Please come join us. Just search The Gravity Beard Interns. We also have a hotline for you to call. That number is 321-465-2180. If you enjoy the show, please tell other humans about it. Gravity Beard is a proud member of the Podfix Network. To find other great shows consistently creating platinum-level content, go right now to podfixnetwork.com or search at Podfix on Twitter. If you'd like to support the show financially, you can search Gravity Beard, all one word, on patreon.com. The music on the show is by Silent Partner. You can find them on the YouTube audio library. For my guest, Craig Jr. Miller, I'm your co-host, Toph. Thanks for tuning in.